In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Service podcast. Out of a desire to love our neighbors well, to care for the most vulnerable among us, and to reduce the burden on the healthcare workers of our community, we are continuing to suspend in-person worship for the time being and instead worship via podcast. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and Lent is the time period between Ash Wednesday and Easter that we draw close to Jesus. We do this through prayer. We do this through scripture. We do this through worshiping together. And by drawing close to Jesus, we learn the ways of Jesus. And we see the things within our lives that don't conform to Jesus's ways and that live in rebellion of the ways that God meant for us to live. And so as we worship today, I pray that the spirit of Christ would be stirred within you so that you can see clearly God's love for you and see how you can more closely follow the ways of Jesus that lead us to love and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just a couple of things I'd like to draw your attention to. If you are listening to this before 11.30 a.m. Pacific time on the 21st of March, 2021, then you are welcome to join us for curbside communion our church is located at the corner of 9th and John Adams Street in Oregon City, Oregon. And if you pull up to the 9th Street side of our church, uh, you will see a, a big blue covering. And underneath that covering, we will be serving communion. Uh, you don't have to get out of your car. In fact, we, we ask that you don't get out of your car. Uh, you pull up, uh, rain or shine, as long as there's not another unexpected ice storm in our forecast. You pull up to the, the blue awning and we serve you the Lord's Supper. And if we have little cups that have uh, a little cracker and a little bit of grape juice in it, but if you want to bring your own communion elements, you are more than welcome to do that. But if you're not able to join us for curbside communion, there will be a, uh, a time period in this worship podcast uh, when we offer the Lord's Supper and that you can come to the table with us together. We will not be having Zoom coffee hour this week, but next week will be our Zoom coffee hour art show. So if you have arts or crafts or a puzzle, maybe some poetry that you've written, written uh, a book that you've read that you, you particularly liked uh, and you'd like to show off, um, make sure that you bring it next Sunday, March the 28th at 11.30 a.m. on our Zoom coffee hour. Uh, all of the information on this is also in the Friday email. And if you don't receive those emails and you'd like to, go on our website. It is onebaptistchurch.org. That's the number onebaptistchurch.org. And you'll see a form where you can send us an email and we can add your email to the email list. One other event that I would like to draw your attention to is uh, we are going to be doing a live Good Friday worship service over Zoom. And it will be Friday, the 2nd of April at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, if you would like the Zoom link for that, it will be in the Friday email. So make sure you send us, send us an email with your email address so we can send you the email. I hope that's not too confusing. As we go to worship today, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalms 121, 124, and 126. I look up to the mountains. 
Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our lives. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Zion, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. The Lord will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Praise the Lord, who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken. We are free. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shepherd I shall not want in green pastures he makes me lie down he restores my soul and leads me on for his name for his great name surely goodness surely mercy right beside me all my days and i will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name you prepare a table right before me in the presence of my enemies though the arrow flies and the terror of night is at my door i'll trust you lord surely goodness surely mercy right beside me 
all my days and I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death you are on my side Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death You are on my side Surely goodness Surely mercy right beside me all my days and I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name and I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name. Let us bow before the Lord. Today, my prayer is a prayer for the Lord's guidance in our lives. As he is guiding us, my prayer is that we receive his direction for our lives and also cling to his wisdom he has for us. Good morning, Lord. Today's a new day, a chance for a new start. Yesterday is gone, and with it any regrets, mistakes, or failures I may have experienced. It's a good day to be glad and give thanks. And I do, Lord, thank you for today. A new opportunity to love, give, and be all that you want me to be. Today, I want to start the day with you in my mind and in my heart. As I dress, let me wear the armor you've provided daily. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace and the sword of the Spirit. With prayer on my tongue, praise to you and petitions for those around me and those I meet. Feed me today with your daily bread. As the bread of life, your food, like manna, will sustain me throughout any hungers and trials. Help me to set my thought on things above and to speak only what will help to encourage others. Keep me from putting my foot in my mouth and help me guard the affections of my heart today, Lord. Make whatever work I do be marked with excellence rather than perfectionism, as I seek not to make a name, but to make a difference. 
Help me to treat each person I encounter as you would, with respect and love, forgiving others and asking for forgiveness myself when needed. As I start this day, help me to remember that I belong to you, and my desire is to act accordingly. Keep my feet from stumbling and my mind from wandering into distractions that could steal precious time and energy from the most important things you have designed for me. I'm proud to be your child, Lord, and I'm so grateful that you died for me, rising again on your own new morning so that every day could be filled with wonder of your love, the freedom of your spirit, and the joy of knowing. I know earthly life is short and fleeting, Lord, but I want to live today as if it were the first or the last day of my life, giving thanks for every good and perfect gift you choose to give today and every day. I want to live my life for you, Jesus. Lord, I pray you move the Spirit more boldly in my life. I know that any sin can grieve and diminish the voice of the Spirit. And I pray against the temptation of sin. Help me crave your presence more than I crave sin. Help me grow in the fruit of the Spirit and so walk closer with yourself. I pray for guidance from your spirit and let your will and promises always be a meditation of my heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for your guidance. Forgive me for getting ahead of your plans and help me know when to stop and listen for your direction. Your ways are perfect. Lord, thank you for offering gentle grace. Bless our podcast today. Be with Pastor Chris Shade as he brings the message he has prepared. Fill him with the Holy Spirit as he preaches the words we need to hear. Be with Pastor John and Katie as they are taking a few days off. Protect them in whatever they do. Give them rest during their time off. As Lent continues, my prayer for all of you is for a clean heart. Create a clean heart in me, O God, a humble heart, a meek heart, a peaceful heart, a benevolent heart, a devout heart, which does evil to no one, which does not repay evil for evil, but overcomes evil with good, which loves you above all things, thinks always about you, speaks to you, gives you thanks, delights in hymns and spiritual songs, and has its citizenship in heaven. This I pray in your precious name. Amen. Our preacher for the morning will be Reverend Chris Shade. Chris Shade has a passion for creative worship, a heart for social justice, and a calling to show the love of God through telling stories and cultivating relationships. Born in San Jose, California, Chris moved to New York to attend NYU and learn acting. He then felt a call for ministry and moved with his wife, Renee, to Berkeley, California for seminary. He now lives in Portland, Oregon, serving as associate pastor at First Baptist Church of Portland and as the chair of the Camp Arowana board. When not making videos for worship or setting up technology, he enjoys running, making ice cream, and playing board games with his wife and five-year-old son, Brian. Thank you to Reverend Chris Shade for preaching this morning. Good morning. 
Today we are going to be reading from the book of Joshua. Chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that you be with us this morning. Help us to understand you better through the words of this book of Joshua from so long ago. Help us to understand how our relationship to you ties into your relationship to your people so many years ago. We ask that you be with us, open our hearts and minds to all that you would have us here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I want to talk about the concept of providence. Now, it's kind of a word we say a lot, but do we really know what it means? What is providence? Well, I googled it. And here's some quick facts about providence to help clarify. Providence is the capital of Rhode Island, and that is the and it's the 37th largest city in America. It's known largely for its silverware and jewelry industry, and it was ranked by Travel and Leisure in 2012 as the best food city in the US. So, if you want to find grace, pack your bags because it is exactly 3,074 miles to Providence. Hope you got a kick out of that. But seriously, Providence, Rhode Island is a very important city in the history of American Baptists. Roger Williams, a Baptist, founded Providence and the oldest Baptist church in America, which still stands, known as the First Baptist Church in America. Roger Williams, after founding Providence, he named it in honor of God's merciful providence, which he believed was responsible for revealing such a haven to him and to his followers. And that is the kind of providence, God's merciful providence, that we are talking about today. But I'm going to go back before Roger Williams, before Providence, Rhode Island, way back way, way, way back, but even before Jesus, even to the time of Joshua. So I want you to imagine this. You're a member of the Hebrew people thousands of years ago. You've left Egypt and you're traveling to what you've been told is the promised land. And every day is the same. You wake up and you go collect manna. Now, you're not quite sure what manna is, you know that it shows up every morning, it's tasty, it's nourishing, and oh yeah, it comes from God. It is a physical, touchable, palpable proof of God's providence. It's proof that God is caring for you and protecting you from starvation. And every day is the same. You get up, collect manna, eat it, go to bed. You get up, collect manna, eat it, go to bed. You get up, collect manna, eat it, go to bed. Until one day, you get up, 
there's no manna. You think to yourself, where is my manna? Has God abandoned me? Maybe my neighbors have manna. And you go to them and you look, nobody has manna. There is no manna anywhere. Has God abandoned everyone? Where is the manna? You think back to what could have happened to the previous days. Perhaps you've done something to anger God, to fall out of God's favor. What could it be? You just finished celebrating the Passover, remembering the glorious deliverance out of Egypt, and you celebrated by eating unleavened cakes to remind you of the food that your ancestors ate when they left Egypt. They had to flee in such a hurry, you see, that they didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise, so they had to bake it right away. And then you also celebrated by eating the produce you had gotten from the land. Could that be it? Maybe it was God was angry that you helped yourself. Oh, how you have longed for some good old-fashioned manna. Now this is the case of the story of the Israelites. It's a bit of a strange text. And it's isolated. It's very small. And it's thrown in the middle of Joshua right between a story about circumcision and the battle of Jericho. I'm not making this up. I couldn't if I wanted to. So one day, the manna just stopped. And the people ate from the earth from then on. And it makes me wonder if anyone felt slighted by God. After all, they had this very physical, this very tangible proof of God's providence. And then, it vanished. I would not be surprised if some of the Hebrews felt abandoned by God and felt a longing for God's care. And if the Hebrew scriptures are any indication, the Hebrew people have had a history of longing for God's presence. You need look no further than the Psalms. Take Psalm 63. You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. Or Psalm 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. This sense of longing is present in the Psalms and the prophets and carries into the time of Jesus. Now Jesus tells many parables, but the one that recalls the most sense of longing is the parable of the prodigal son. Now like the Hebrews who are blessed with manna, the younger brother in the story of the prodigal son was blessed as well. He never wanted for anything. But he was curious. He wanted to see what life was like in the big city. So he left. He wanted to live life to the fullest and experience all the world has to offer. Rich food, strong drink, the company of women. But pretty soon, his reliance on himself began to lose its luster. Once the money was gone, the great life went with it. The rich food? Eaten. The strong drink? Drunk. And the women? Gone. He finds himself in the lowest of the low. Feeding pigs. 
unclean, sacrilegious pigs. He is hungry. He is tired. He thought he could do it on his own, but he came up short. And he longs for a time when he was awash in providence. Like the Hebrews longing to have back their manna, he longs for a time when he was under his father's care. His longing is all that fills his belly. And he wants to go home. I kind of understand his journey. As a fresh-faced 18-year-old, I felt the call of the big city. I moved from my modest house in the suburbs of San Jose to the Big Apple, New York City, sight unseen, by myself. Though I didn't have the same kind of agenda that the brother in our story had, I was young and naive, and I was foolish enough to think that I could do it all on my own, that I could make this jump and not need anyone. And like the brother, I discovered that I was wrong. Now, I didn't up in, end up in squalor feeding pigs, understand, but I did end up with this sense of longing. Now, it's not that I didn't love living in New York. I did. And it wasn't that I was just homesick, although I was. No, this longing was much, much deeper. Because back in California, I had a church. I had a church family. I had a support system. I had religious practices and closeness with God. And in New York, I didn't have any of those things. I didn't belong to a church. I'd left my spiritual disciplines at home in California. And I missed it. I missed that closeness that I felt with God. I missed the blessings of God's providence. The feeling that God was caring for me and protecting me. To use the metaphor from earlier, I missed my manna. So one Sunday morning, I left my apartment and I took a walk. Now I had intended to walk about 20 blocks to this church I knew, and I made it a block and a half before I came across Madison Avenue Baptist Church. So I decided to go in, take a look. And from the moment I sat down, I knew that I was home. They welcomed me with open arms, with genuine kindness, with joy, with laughter. I was home. Now in Jesus' parable, the younger brother has a similar journey. As he sat there in the mud, feeding pigs as low as a human could feel, he remembered that his father's workers fared better than he was doing. Maybe he could go back and convince his father to let him work on the property. Maybe he could just get a tiny portion of that life that he once knew. So he got up and he left. And as you might know from reading the story, the father runs out to meet him. He hikes up his robe even, it says, to run faster. And when he gets to the younger brother, he throws his arms around him. He welcomes him gladly. The brother is home. 
So at this point, I'll ask you, why do you think Jesus is telling this parable? What does his audience have to gain by hearing it? Well, remember, this is the same crowd, this crowd of Jewish people, that has also heard of the story of the manna being taken away. They have also heard and sung even the psalms of longing. Not to mention, they've been overcome by the Romans. They're defeated. They're occupied. They long for God's presence with them. For God's protection. They long for God's providence. And Jesus is telling them that God's providence is there. It's always been there. All they need do is look for it. And it's not just present. It's not just there. It's abundant. The parable says that the father held a giant feast for the returned son. He killed the fattened calf. He gave him a robe and a ring and made him a part of the family again. Abundant providence. Available to the people that Jesus was speaking to. People of longing. But what does this parable mean for us? Well, are we so different from this audience of Jesus? Have you ever wanted to feel the presence and protection of God? Have you ever wanted to feel that feeling of providence? Have you ever strayed from home, spiritually speaking? Gotten lost? Wondered if God was still there? Wondered if you'd been abandoned? Have you ever felt that sense of longing that is present in our two stories today? Have you ever looked to the sky and wondered, where is my manna? Well, the good news is, the message of today is that it's not too late. God's presence, God's care, God's providence is available to us. It is always available and it is abundant. Like the Father, God waits for us with open arms, ready to return, ready to welcome us. I like to picture it like this. We're like trapeze artists, just swinging back and forth, looking down, wondering where we should go next. But if we would only look up, we would see that God has been swinging in front of us the whole time. Arms outstretched, just waiting for us to grab on. We need only reach out, offer our hand, and God is willing to bring us home. The people said, Amen.
confess Bowing here I find my rest And without you I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you Where sin runs deep your grace is more Where grace is found Is where you are And where you are Lord, I am free Holiness Is Christ in me Where you are Christ in me Lord I need you Oh I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God how I need Teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, have I need you You're my one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you We thank you for joining us this morning for worship and pray that as we have prayed and sung and heard scripture read and proclaimed, that it will have blessed you, encouraged you, and helped you to draw closer to Jesus who loves you.
I'd like to thank Reverend Chris Shade, the Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church of Portland, for preaching this morning. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in music. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for the prelude. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. And I would like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.